It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. All right, it's the eve of the free agent frenzy in the National Hockey League, and it could start very early for the Edmonton Oilers. Are they going to jump right on it 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and announce a Zach Hyman deal? Well, it's all signs point in that direction. Now, the Oilers have not traded for Hyman's rights, so the mo- longest deal they could offer him is seven years, and uh, we expect that that is going to happen tomorrow morning. So that is a big story to watch. And, of course, uh, also reported today that the Oilers are working on an extension with Darnell Nurse. He does have a year left on his contract and uh, reported today by Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet that Nurse, who is 26 years old, working on a new deal for four years, not the maximum eight-year deal, a four-year deal potentially for Nurse. So he would play out the final year of his current contract and then have four years after that. Uh, So that's uh, another five years of Darnell Nurse if that happens. And right now, Connor McDavid with five years left on his contract. So those are some of the Oilers' headlines today. Obviously, we've been talking about the Zach Hyman situation for a while. There was speculation you know, last Thursday, Friday, that the Oilers were actually going to trade to Toronto a draft pick to get Hyman's rights for these final few days before he became an unrestricted free agent. That would have allowed the Oilers to sign Hyman to an eight-year deal. You can sign your own free agents for eight years. You can only sign other uh, teams' free agents for seven years. So the Oilers could have traded a a draft pick and signed Hyman for an extra year. And then if Hyman said, look, I want to make this much money, the Oilers could have said, okay, we'll pay you that. We'll spread it out over eight years instead of seven. And that gives us a little more uh, extra room out of the salary cap as well. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. You know, we'll see exactly what the deal turns out to be probably in the neighborhood of $40 million. Um, So that's where we are with that. And uh, likely to be announced tomorrow morning. And don't forget, we got the free agency special on Inside Sports. Stoffer's going to extend orders now, started at 10 in the morning, go until 2. So we'll keep you updated on everything. You know Hyman's numbers, I'm sure, 43 games this past season, 15 goals, 33 points. He did have that knee injury. He came back for the playoffs. Pretty solid producer over the last four seasons. He is 29 years old, so I I totally get the concern. Whoa, 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 the Oilers are signing him for that long. Well, it looks like they're going to probably overpay here a bit in terms of term to get Hyman in. And he's played with Marners. He's played with Matthews. He can play with good players. Gord Stellick talked about it on this show last week. He hosts Leafs Lunch on uh, Toronto Radio. And he said Hyman is a player who can go and get the puck and and get it to the good players. And there's been a shortage of that for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, Hyman, very, very likely for tomorrow. And Darnell Nurse, we'll see what happens with a possible extension there. You can get in touch, of course, by calling or texting 780-496-0063. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We had a couple folks call in last night, just wanted to talk free agency potential this potential that if something's on your mind i'm happy to hear from you i I do have a question for everybody tonight though if you don't mind it's a relatively simple question 
Well, it's a relatively short question. Maybe it's not a simple question. It goes like this. Ryan Getzlaff, would you? Ryan Getzlaff, would you? That's my question. Ryan Getzlaff, ready to become a free agent. He is 36 years of age. As we've talked about with Duncan Keith, his best years are behind him. But could he still contribute if he comes to a team like the Oilers, where he would be in a uh, lesser role than he would be that he's played with Anaheim for most of his career? Now, Pierre Lebrun reported this a few minutes ago. He said the door is not closed in Anaheim. The Ducks had talks with Getzlaff's camp today. So maybe he stays there, but Edmonton, Montreal, Dallas, Boston listed as potential landing spots for Ryan Getzlaff, who is one of those players that I would imagine if I got a lot of people, Oilers fans specifically, to list your 10 most hated players over the last decade, probably Ryan Getzlaff would be on that list. And probably his former teammate in Anaheim, Corey Perry, would be up there as well. And we've seen Perry go to the Stanley Cup final two years in a row, first with Dallas and now with Montreal, coming up on the short end, of course. Uh, but Getzlaff, good player, big player, and uh, an irritating player. It's something that the Oilers have been lacking, the the proverbial hard-to-play-against player. So uh, that's my question. Would you with Ryan Getzlaff? And if so, for how much would you? Now, maybe he's going to stay in Anaheim. So... Wow, people love him. People love him. <laughs> Amazing. All day, every day, says AJ. Ricardo says yes, third line center. Brian says yes, sign him for two years, two and a half million per season. So the general consensus from the few texts I'm getting is that here's the thing. Could you, so down the middle, could you, would you run McDavid, Dreisaitl, assuming they're going to be on different lines, which I, which I still think is probably preferable, especially if Hyman actually can, can come in and do his job. Uh, could you run McDavid, Dreisaitl, Getzlaff, McLeod, like shelter McLeod even more in a fourth line role? And then you still have Nuge who can play center and, and even Hyman could play center if necessary. That is an interesting one. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to pay him a lot. His, again, his best years of production are behind him. On an Anaheim team last season, that was not very good. He had five goals and 12 points. Uh, pardon me, five goals, 12 assists for 17 points in 48 games. Not that impressive. But as, as I've often talked about in the context of player moves, if you can't get the best player possible, Everybody would like to sign, you know, the best third-line center in the league, have the uh, the Adam Lowry on their roster or, or whoever. <clears throat> Pardon me. But if you can't get that, then you got to try to improve the team. Well, last year, the Oilers had Kyle Turris, who only got a couple of goals and was scratched a lot and didn't play in the playoffs. So they took a chance on Turris, and it didn't work out. Would Ryan Getzlaff, even at an advanced age, be an upgrade at that position? That's the debate. And, okay, he had five goals in 48 games. So over the course of an entire season, if he played 70 games and got you 10 goals, I mean, sure, you'd like more, but that would be more than the Oilers have been able to get out of a third-line player in a long time. So something to keep in mind there. And my question tonight, Ryan Getzlaff, would you for a year or two?
And, you know, Brian said two years, two and a half million dollars per season. I wonder if you could get him for a little less than that. 780-496-0063. In a few minutes, Jamie Thomas is going to join us. Former television sportscaster here in Edmonton. Now the color analyst for the Jets on our sister station, CJOB. And Winnipeg is getting Nate Schmidt from the Vancouver Canucks for a third round draft pick in 2022. So not a lot, not a lot, but Schmidt still has four years left on his contract at just under $6 million per season. But uh, an interesting last day and a half or so for the Jets. So Jamie's going to enlighten us there and Stoffer will come on between 6.30 and 7 and we'll just talk about whatever and uh, and see what we're thinking with uh, Stoff about Oilers free agency. Some other notes today from around the league. Yoel Armia, <coughs> oh man, pardon me, got a cough tonight. Uh, staying with the Habs, four years, $3.4 million per season. Marc-Andre Fleury was traded kind of for nothing. I, I don't want to disrespect Mikhail Hakarainen, but probably not a high-end NHL prospect. So Fleury and his $7 million salary going to Chicago from Vegas, and Fleury saying, well, I guess his agent, Alan Walsh, actually saying it online, hey, maybe he'll just retire. He's got to think about his future. Braden Holtby, there is another Woodja Oilers fans. Braden Holtby, who is not an old man, he is 31 years of age, was one of the top goalies in the league for several years with the Washington Capitals, had a, an underwhelming season on a Vancouver team that, you know, like Anaheim this past season, uh, wasn't very good. 7-11-3, goals against average, 889 save percentage. Not great numbers. Now, Miko Koskinen is still on the roster, as is Alex Stalock. But if something were to happen with Koskinen, if you could somehow move that contract along, w- would you add Holtby and have a Holtby-Smith combination? Bit of a what-if. Connor Garland recently acquired by Vancouver from the Coyotes' five-year deal. Worth just under $5 million per season. Alexander Ovechkin. Five-year contract, $9.5 million per season. Going through his late 30s. Needs 33 goals a year to overtake Wayne Gretzky as the top goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Ovechkin is at 730, Gretzky at 894. That's an interesting one. Five years for Ovechkin, $9.5 million per season. So those are some of the headlines. And uh, again, for the Oilers, we uh, expect Zach Hyman tomorrow. We'll see if there's going to be a Darnell Nurse extension announced tomorrow or in the days to come. And you consider a bunch of free agents. Cody Ceci, is Tyson Berry going to come back? You know, I I mentioned Getzlaff. What other centers do you look at? Do you look at Brandon Sutter? Do you look at Derek, uh, Derek Ryan? And other wingers, perhaps. Tatar. Somebody like that. Martinuk. Hoffman. All storylines going into tomorrow. Okay, 780-496-0063. Jamie Thomas with the latest. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Winnipeg when we get back.
right, let's quickly go to Winnipeg here as the Winnipeg Jets making some news. Nate Schmidt has been acquired from Vancouver for a third rounder in 2022. Jamie Thomas covers the Jets for CGOB. Jamie, good to have you on the show again, buddy. How are you doing? Um, fantastic. How about you? I'm doing well. It's nice to talk to you. Thanks for checking in because I know there's some breaking news here with your team that you cover <laughs> yeah. that you're probably working yeah. on. So we won't take you for too long. But I guess not just Schmidt, but maybe kind of the last 36 hours for the Jets. Can you explain how they've done it and the significance? Well, I, I think, you know, there was the whole conversation heading into the draft that, you know, they were trying to improve their blue line, right? And there was conversation that Ristolainen might come to uh, Winnipeg, they tried hard to get him, and then they went through the draft process, and you're wondering what was next, what kind of money they're going to have to spend, and then, you know what, you, you just go out and you make some trades, and first off, you bring in Brendan Dillon, add some size in your blue line, because that was something that was severely lacking with them, or with Winnipeg last season, and even the year before that, with the exodus of all those defensemen uh, following the 2017-18 season, of course, Dustin Bufflin, et cetera, et cetera. So you get some size, another quality name in the dressing room with Brendan Dillon. You had some physicality there. Then you, you re-signed Paul Stastny, who I think had offers from other American teams, but... You know, a lot of this ties into the fact that you're comfortable someplace. And, and Paul Stassi has made no secret that he's enjoyed his time in Winnipeg. And they were so close to re-signing him after the 17-18 and, the, you know, the 2018 playoff run. So he signs on for another year. And you kind of solidify your top six with him. And then, you know, Nate Schmidt, who, you know, the rumors that he wasn't going to waive his no trade to come to Winnipeg, but maybe the opportunity to win kind of brought him around to, you know, waiving the no trade. To, for the deal for him to come from Vancouver to Winnipeg. And all you've really given up is two second-round draft picks and a third-round pick, and you've improved your defense core significantly here entering the 2021-22 season. And now you're Kevin Sheveldayoff. Do you really have to go out and spend any money outside of trying to figure out what you're going to do with your fourth line? And, and Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, loves veteran players on his fourth line the, the guys you can trust you can play you know your fourth line guys are the guys that kill penalties and go up against the other team's best some nights and he had a lot of success with that last year with nate thompson and, and trevor lewis having that veteran player and you know, there, i know david gustafson the second round pick of the jets in 2018 is being you know brought along slowly to eventually take over on the fourth line but that's i don't think it's going to be the case this year so the only thing i could think of that kevin shovel day i was going to be doing tomorrow is shoring up his fourth line. What did the Jets brass? I, I know we're looking back a little bit here, but what did they yeah. say after the? What did they say after the playoffs? Because they swept Edmonton, yeah. uh, three games in overtime, and I, I, what they they had the lead for like less than thirty minutes or something in, in the series, might even right. been less than twenty, and then yeah. they they get swept by Montreal. Like probably neither series a true indication of where the Jets were at, but. The results right. of the results. What, what did they kind of say about processing that those two series? Well, I think everyone, and I, I, you know, I think anybody in Edmonton would agree. They're, they they had no business sweeping Edmonton, and they knew that to a man that that was just kind of some freak occurrence. That series, I think they felt they were in going to be in for a long one, and I'm sure Edmontonians and the Oilers themselves felt that way. So, you know, you get that long break, and you go into the Montreal series. And right away, you lose Dylan DeMello in the first game, right? And then that's you lose your top right-side defenseman uh, and your top pairing with Josh Morrissey. And then the Mark Shifley hit happens. And it just kind of spiraled out of control from there. But they were, you know, that, that series against Montreal, 
Montreal's big, as we all know. We saw that get that get them to the the uh, Stanley Cup final this year. So I think they knew they had to get bigger on that. They had to improve on the back end. And Andrew Kopp said in his exit meeting too, and, and with the media, that they had to become a lot tougher to play against. And I think watching this team over the past couple of seasons since they lost Boplin and Tyler Myers and um, Ben Sherratt, um, they were a li- weren't as hard to play against as they had been. Uh, three seasons ago. So that was something that Kevin Shoveldayoff and Paul Maurice noted that that had to happen, right? They had to get better on their back end, and they've done that. I, I think, you know, a lot of people wanted to see Billy Hainala play this year. Uh, he is not physical. Uh, I still think he has another year to play in the American Hockey League. Uh, Dylan Sandberg has some grit and some sandpaper to him, but he needs another year in the, in, in the American Hockey League to improve as well and learn to play the pro game after a very successful uh, career in the NCAA. So they had to get better there. Paul Maurice did not want Billy Hanela and Dylan Sandberg on his blue line at the same time. There was like kind of that process being that 5-6 defenseman, but not together at the same time. So... You've solidified your blue line. You've allowed Billy Hainala and Dylan Sandberg another year to get better, uh, more conditioned to play in the pro game in the American Hockey League. So I think you have a very happy uh, management group. And as I mentioned, really, the only thing you have to shore up is your fourth line heading into four, uh, free agency. Well, and they got the backbone, right? Which is which yeah. is the goalie, which is... Uh, right. You've you, you Jamie, out. We're, we're we're in the final minute of the interview, so I, I'm sorry I got a yeah. break for commercial. Did you? Did, did yeah. you there was a goalie there for the Jets because uh, they could have got Wallstead, right? Did you, you think they had any inclination to draft the goalie and then have somebody kind of waiting whenever Hellebuck's 34 years old? Yeah, uh, I, I think the thought process was there, but I just, you know what, you you had you got Connor Hellebuck in the fifth round. You're still on to have him under contract for three more years. I think maybe you look at next year at drafting his his uh, successor. Uh, as as tempting as that might have been uh, for the Jets, but I think they wanted to go skill again, and Chaz Lucius fell in their lap, and I think they're laughing to the bank here. A lot of teams are going to regret that because Lucius had an injury-filled season this year, and he's got the same kind of physique as Kyle Connor and has those kind of quick hands and the ability to score. So if you can add another scoring centerman, that's it. And they were thrilled to get Perfetti last year too, right? Yeah, and he kind of fell in their lap too. So right. uh, I've seen Kevin Shevelday off back-to-back first rounds of the draft with big smiles on his face. And unfortunately, he wasn't running to the podium at, in a normal NHL rink. It was the, the virtual drafts the last couple of years. But uh, they're thrilled with their last two NHL drafts. Jamie, thanks for hopping on, man. I'll let you get back to work. Okay, thanks, buddy. Enjoy your night. One of my favorites, Jamie Thomas, CGOB in Winnipeg. Jets have been busy, and as he said, they've done some pretty good work on their back end. Okay, we'll chat. Oilers, possibilities. Who knows where we're going to go with Stoffers coming up. find your podcast i would recommend searching on a computer or a smartphone you know probably a better bet than looking under the cushions but who knows where podcasts are these days hey free agency tomorrow in the nhl our coverage is going to start at 10 o'clock still to come on inside sports tonight we will unveil the uh, latest 
vote getters or the, the latest voting results in the poll we had online for the Edmonton Elks all-time roster. We're going to do linebackers and defensive back tonight. I can tell you J.C. Sherritt will be on the show. So, yes, he was in the top four for linebackers. Uh, pretty impressive list for double E linebackers over the years. And defensive back, I can tell you, uh, one guy who's currently on the team, Aaron Grimes, finished in the top four but was not the high vote getter. So we'll do that whole thing in about half an hour or so, and J.C. Sherritt's going to hop on. He's now coaching at uh, Cal Poly in the NCAA in California. And Carson Latimer from the Edmonton Oil Kings. We'll get to know him a bit. He was drafted by the Ottawa Senators over the weekend. Okay, I just want to catch up on some texts here to 780-496-0063. Kent in the Dozer says, I say yes to Getzlaff and Holtby. They both won cups and would definitely help the team. Kent also wanted to know Getzlaff's face-off percentage. It was 51.8% last season. Oilers obviously have had a lot of deficiencies at uh, third and fourth line centers. And a lot of those years, uh, face-off percentage has been one of them. Chris from Calgary says, uh, Reed, I would go with Getzlaff at most $3 million for two years. He's still got something left and was playing on a bad team in Anaheim. Also, he's open to playing here. Chris from Calgary adds no on Hoffman. Glenn Denning, possibly another center option. And uh, Chris also likes Brett Ritchie out of Boston. Brian says, does Nurse get a contract similar to McCarr, $9 million per year? I don't think it would be that much. Might be around 8 Ronnie says, Getzlaff signing for anything less than three and a half a year is never going to happen. James, you're making me, uh, you're making me chuckle with this one. Does Hyman make two power play units a reality? <laughs> uh, you know, I've often said it'd be nice if they had a second power play unit, just, just in case you need to put it on the ice, but you often don't need to. But, but but hey, the, the more depth, the better. Uh, he certainly would help the five-on-five play, and maybe that's going to be announced tomorrow around this time, around the time this guy goes on the air at 10 a.m. Bob Stoffer standing by. Hey, Bob, how are you doing, man? Not bad, Reed. How are you? I'm doing well. It's it's a fun time of year, and there's been so much Oilers news in the last two or three weeks with Keith and the draft and Mike Smith and the Hyman speculation, and it's it's always fun interacting with fans. Uh, you know, you, it's always fun to be an armchair GM for them and, and to get in touch with guys like you and me. But, uh, I mean, we're thinking that after... I mean, you and I were wondering on, on the draft coverage if maybe some trade might be announced with Hyman. Tomorrow should finally be the day, right? Well, you hope that's the case. I mean, I think we're looking at a strong possibility that... Uh, maybe even announced in the first hour or so. I mean, the reality—you I mean, you wouldn't normally say that. Uh, the last couple of years, um, Ken Holland didn't have a lot of cap space to work with. You knew the orders were being going to be quiet. The big players. That said, a year ago, all things were pointing to the potential of uh, Jacob Markstrom being in the mix in Edmonton. He elected out of Calgary. Um, you know, the fact that Hyman came here, the fact that Hyman came here on his own he didn't sit there and have the organization say say well why don't you come out uh to my knowledge the only place zach hyman went to was edmonton uh, i think that's a strong possibility and uh, for the record if he does come here he's going to play the net front of the power play and the orders will play that first unit power play about one minute uh or sorry about a minute 40 right. just to answer the texter's uh question Okay, but could because sometimes so so the big three as we've called them over the years, 
last couple of years, stay on the ice a long time. Barry and Nurse both played the point, to be fair, though we probably saw Barry more. And the net front was a varying combination of basically chase on Neal and Pugliarvi. So I wonder if it when we were really going down what if alley here, but I wonder if it was Hyman, if you'd still spell in Pugliarvi perhaps a little sooner than the minute 40 point. Uh, well, I guess time will tell in that regard, but I expect Hyman, if, they, if it does get done with Hyman, I expect him to play in every situation. And the first unit power play is going to be part of it. He's got excellent puck retrieval abilities as well, uh, which is, uh, part of a successful power play so uh, I, I see him on the first unit we'll see where it goes with both Yamamoto and with uh yes here carrying forward in the future uh, I think obviously Pulley is going to be in the top six uh the potential of re- reuniting Nugent Hopkins with dry settle and Yamamoto and playing Hyman with I think Hyman's almost certainly going to play with Connor McDavid and I think it's going to be a terrific line uh because he does the work but it's interesting to me, Reed, what occurred over the course of the last week. Initially, people were against, oh, what do you mean, you know, seven, eight-year contract? And I sense that people started to come around on it and recognize, especially once they looked at the advanced analytics, how good of a guy the player is, and you got to make the team better now. And so I think that's the hope, is that they try to make the team better now. Um, even the contract for Darnell Nurse, based on the news from... Uh, Elliot Friedman today is another illustration, perhaps, that there's uh, there's going to be uh, a realization that there's a four or five year year window here, and Nurse and Taylor Hall are doing the same thing. They're betting that the cap goes up in four years' time and maybe signing a shorter deal as a result. All right, yeah, and the nurse possible extension, another storyline to watch. Okay, so top six, you know, Hyman's going to jump in there. Pulley-Arvey, you, you know he won me over this this past year, Bob, that he can actually play in that role, and hopefully he takes another step forward in the year to come. I know we talked when we are on air uh, over the weekend for a few hours uh, watching the draft, such as it was, about, you know, Yamamoto in that role and what might happen, but that that line was excellent, as you mentioned couple of years ago but we continue it's been an ongoing story support players bottom six uh scoring from the third line somebody who can win a face-off so dry settle doesn't have to take 25 face-offs a night and i'm not exaggerating because there were some nights he actually took more than 25 face-offs a night um what, what do you make of this gets laugh stuff and how effective like i gave his stats 17 points in 48 games not overwhelming close to 52 percent in the circle would he be the third line center? Would he be better suited to be a fourth line center? And then are you still looking for a third line center? Like how, how do you look at that, Bob? Nothing's changed for me from what I put out on Twitter two days ago. Um, legacy player for the Ducks. They're in the driver's seat. It's up to them. Like if they want to get it done, it's going to be done. He's going to sign for less there than anywhere else. If he does go to UFA, we know there's going to be a bunch of teams on him. We know that Pierre LeBrun put out today. Edmonton, Boston, Dallas with all the teams that would be interested in Ryan Getzloff, added Montreal that list as well. Um, I believe that he would be doing, because he's 36, you'd be looking at a a base plus bonus deal read that would probably get him to three, three and a half million dollars. Um, and on a one-year term, that's the other thing. And for me, he's a third-line center wherever he goes. If he ultimately doesn't re-sign in Anaheim, and my guess is if the Ducks were smart, they'd sign him. 
Bob Stoffer joining us uh, on Disney. So you think that that's still somebody... Like, why do you say if the Ducks were smart? What exactly do you mean? Because I'm <laughs> you know, the player. But if it's me, like, you know what? With the Oilers, my hope is that Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Connor McDavid, and Leon Dreisaitl start and finish their careers with the Edmonton Oilers. And if I'm Anaheim, I want Ryan Getzlaff starting and finishing his career with that team. Now, if they decide to, you know... They want to move on, go a different direction. Well, then we're having a different conversation with Getzloff. But if I'm running Anaheim, I'm finding a way to keep him. All right. Uh, Leonard stepping up here. He says, hey, Reed, tomorrow at this time, we will be talking about Hyman, Getzlaff, and Kemper being Oilers. Just saying. That is from Leonard. Well, Leonard, check back tomorrow. Well, uh, especially if you're right, we always honor uh, correct positions. What? What Are you hearing anything uh on Kemper, I mean, the Kemper-Smith combination would be uh, an appealing one to me, but uh, I know Toronto's been mentioned a lot as a destination for Kemper, too. My guess, Reid, is somebody is going to trade Arizona first-round draft choice and a goaltender for Darcy Kemper. That's the only way the deal makes sense for me. Uh, and I wonder whether or not that's a trade that gets made in season. I'm not necessarily sure it gets made uh, tomorrow. For me, the orders can live with the goaltending tandem they have right now, and punt for down the road during the course of the season. See, maybe if you need to upgrade, you acquire one at a certain point during the year. There are more glaring needs on the defense uh, with Adam Larson not coming back. Who do they get on the right side? And if they can't get quite the caliber they're looking for on the right side, do they maybe change their thoughts on what they're planning to do third pairing the left side as well? Because right now that would be a Chris Russell-William Lagason. Mm-hmm. combo perhaps yes and you know do you want you know i mentioned a bunch of right i mean obviously everybody's wondering about tyson berry not exactly the fit in lieu of the loss of adam larson uh david savard might be a fit looks like he's going to sign a montreal travis hamannick I haven't liked his last two years too much, but he played 19-12 last year. Eric Branson, concerned he's more of a third-pairing guy. I think Hamannick's a five right now, too. Um, the one guy that's sort of, I'm sort of looking at a bit is Cody Ceci. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Brian Burke, Pittsburgh's looking at a little bit of muscle. Uh, maybe they're in on Jujar or a time will tell. And Jujar might have a quiet market for himself, which would include Seattle, Vancouver, and maybe even Pittsburgh. Uh, but Pittsburgh's got to get Cody Cece signed, and if he doesn't, that might be a player that I, you know, can move the puck a little, and it would be a real good second pairing fit, maybe, uh, based on the minutes he played this year in Pittsburgh, eighteen thirty-one per game. Uh, but he's going to cost more money than people think. Like he's probably going to get three point two five to three point five on a on a three-year deal or so. So I can see CC being a guy that, and then if you got CC, maybe you need to upgrade third pairing left shot D from Russell and Lagos and go with a more established guy there with a little bit of size. All right. Well, and if, I mean, with the, the numbers you just mentioned, you were willing to pay Larson a little bit more than that, right? So if you get a Larson yeah. replacement for even 700 less, you know, a little bit more flexibility. I lo- you're going to love this text. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Getzlaff is more interested in winning or just being comfortable. He could still go back to Anaheim for one final year just to make Stoffer happy. Well, not a lot of people do things to make Stoffer happy. I hate to tell that texter, but maybe it'll happen in this case. <laughs> it's not like I'm just saying, like, the guy is 
How would fans at Edmonton feel if Connor McDavid got to 36 years and McDavid's a better player than, and a different player? Let's say McDavid got to 38 and for the first time ever he was a UFA. Would you want him to start and finish the career in Edmonton? Well, that's what Ryan Getzlaff has meant to Anaheim. I mean, he won a Stanley Cup there. They've had real good teams for a long time. And if I'm Anaheim, I'm probably trying to find a way to keep him. And that's and until he becomes a free agent, he's not a free agent. So, right. Uh, but every, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Okay. Uh, I, I want an opinion for you, Bob, and you're going to be on at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. We got the Elks all-time All-Stars coming up. We did, uh, we did linebacker and defensive back today. I, did you see you went and voted in this? I did not vote, no. Okay, but you paid attention to it, obviously. Uh, yeah. Linebacker, who would your top two be? Top two linebackers of all time? For, uh, for Edmonton. Yeah, well, they're both named Dan. Dan Kepley and uh, Danny Bass. Okay, I'm going to give the full results after seven. Dan Kepley was number one, according to the fans. Danny yeah. Bass was not number two. Okay. So, and you're gonna, you're gonna, do I get a pick to defensive backs? Yes, absolutely, you do. Well, I mean, I thought they were doing an individually cornerback. Uh, they they just did defensive back. They did everybody. Well, I'm going to put Trent Brown in there because you got to have a Canadian. And he right. is not number two. But my guess is Larry Highbaugh is going to be number one all time. Larry Highbaugh was uh, easily number one all time. And, and I got to be honest with you, I did not see this guy play. I've, there's, there are a few highlights of him playing offense. Jackie Parker got picked number two as well, a defensive back. You know, Halsey uh, watched uh, Jackie Parker play his high school football, so maybe you should reach out to him. <laughs> we'll probably have him on at some point. Bob, I will uh, well, hopefully have him on Reed. at some point tomorrow, but I'll be giving you a hand however you need it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy the golf tomorrow, Reed. I'm not golfing tomorrow. Oh, you're not? I golf oh. today. Okay. Uh, well, then, yeah, tomorrow. you're on. You're on. Uh, <laughs> talk to you tomorrow at Reed at 1045. Okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. Bye-bye. That's Bob Stoffer checking in. Oilers now noon to 2 every day here on 630 Chet. Though tomorrow he's going to start at 10 because that's when NHL free agency starts. And as he mentioned, maybe right in that first hour, maybe the Oilers announce Zach Hyman. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. Somebody's asking about Slater Cuckoo and a qualifying offer. Well, Slater Cuckoo is an unrestricted free agent. So no qualifying offers there. Uh, Lars says, how much would it cost us to buy out Koskinen? Well, at this point, they're not buying out Koskinen. Um, They're going to buy out James Neal, who was placed on waivers today, and uh, then they're going to buy him out. I I, I don't think Koskinen's getting bought out at this point. 780-496-0063. We're to call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 
Yeah, I'm not golfing tomorrow. I gotta, uh, gotta watch the free agency. I did golf today. I went and golfed at Stony Plain today. I had never played that golf course, despite growing up in Evansburg and having lived in Edmonton most of my adult life. I had never played the Stony Plain golf course. I, I quite enjoyed it. It's a good track, good variety, challenging but not punishing. If that makes sense. Here's the thing: for some of the golfs as, at my level which is horrible. I'm not, I'm not a good golfer and I get it. I am going to hit the ball in places that will not be conducive to shooting a good score. Shall we say, but I, I still like to think I have a chance to scramble out of those places. So, you know, I, I don't mind hitting over water sometimes. I don't mind challenging bunker placement. Uh, sometimes, I don't like, uh, I, I don't mind, uh, you know, of course, trees and tall grass and rough. That's, that's part of the course. But sometimes I, th- there are sometimes I'm playing a course where I might feel like, okay, I did not hit a good shot, but I did not hit a terrible shot. Yet I'm still being punished. If I'm a little bit off the fairway. Okay. I expect to be in the rough. I don't want to be in fescue. That's up to my knees, you know, 15 feet off the fairway, 35 feet off the fairway. Okay. I, I'm going to be punished. But anyway, I enjoyed Stony playing today. It was good to get in a play. Uh, played with, uh, with Ernie and Doug. Who were, uh, our big Oilers fans. Cause they were talking about Zach Hyman during the round. It was fun. Seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three. I appreciate that you guys keep me updated as well, because sometimes as I'm hosting a show, I don't always see the latest on social media and certainly uh, not on television. Mark says, uh, Philip Deneau to Vegas for six and a half million per season. Uh, I do not think that is confirmed at this point, probably some sort of a rumor, but we'll see if that pans out. Uh, Deneau, a player that Oilers head coach Dave Tippett specifically mentioned to Rob Brown and I, when we had him on our face-off show before game one of the Stanley cup final, uh, a player that, uh, Tippett specifically complimented for being one of the uh, hard to play against thorough type of players that the Oilers are still looking for. A lot of storylines for Edmonton. Of course, Zach Hyman, top of the list going into tomorrow. Darnell Nurse extension, does that happen tomorrow? They don't have to do that tomorrow, but it appears it's uh, being discussed and would likely be a four-year deal. I would think it would be around $8 million per season. Somebody asked if he's going to get nine like McCarr. You know, McCarr's probably the best offensive defenseman in the game. I know that Nurse had a good offensive season, especially in the goal scoring department. Uh, might be tough for him to repeat that, though Though I think he'd probably still have a good year. So I don't think Nurse would get that much. And then, like we were talking about, do the Oilers get Getzlaff? Does Barry come back? Do they go after somebody like CeCe? Yanni Hockenpah, Bob's been talking about him. Um, do they try to get another winger? Yanmark, Martinuk, Heinen, guys like that. All things to consider. It's going to play out tomorrow. Going to be fun. Free agency day is always fun. Maybe some trades will happen as well, as we've seen in recent days. We'll have it all for you starting at 10 tomorrow morning. Okay. I hear the music. That means i got to stop talking for a few minutes so Ray can bring you the news and weather. We'll uh, continue with the hockey speculation. And as I mentioned, we will welcome J.C. Sherritt back to Inside Sports former double E linebacker. Where did he finish in your vote for the greatest in franchise history? We'll have the results for linebacker and defensive back when we get back. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.